0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 96 of SAMH, a program which invites an expert to talk about their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Richard Gordon as our guest expert. This is the second time Richard has been on our show. He was the guest expert on episode 72 of SAMH, where he taught us about unexplored human abilities. Today he has returned to discuss healing, sorry, energy healing, the power to heal. Richard is the founder of Quantum Touch organization. He is a visionary and pioneer. With 40 years of experience in the field of energy medicine, Richard is the best-selling author of Quantum Touch, The Power to Heal, Quantum Touch 2: The New Human, Your Healing Hands, The Polarity Experience, and The Secret Nature of Matter. Richard has traveled around the globe to speak at medical centers, conferences, and chiropractic colleges. At each venue, he trains hundreds of participants so they too can perform hands-on healing and understand the principles of quantum touch. So welcome back to our show, Richard. It's fantastic to have you back.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. This is great.
0: Now, you must be wondering, why were we so keen to have you back? Well,
1: Yeah, why were you so keen (laughs) to have me back? I've been wondering this.
0: Well, we had... I've got to tell you, our, our, um, the, the time we had you before, it really astounded us. The things that you were saying, um, it, 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 um, it surprised us. And we wanted to learn more. So we bought one of your books, and then you bought another, and then another. So we've got three of your books, and then we, we um, now realize that we haven't bought your fourth book, the um, number two of Quantum Touch. <laughs> yes. but, um we got your books. We learned um, more about the theories and we recommend, well, it's now our turn to do a bit of a a shameless plug for your books. Um, I recommend people do get them because it opens your eyes to our own potentials. Um, It it, um, increases your potential to the point where you can actually heal your loved ones. Now we purchased your book and um, we are, F- we're reading a book, and then something very very interesting happened
2: well actually that's not the case <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no he's uh, he's always a lousy uh, storyteller <laughs> um we went to actually we didn't get your book but um uh, after oh, the, we ordered it. That's yeah right. that's right we didn't we didn't get your book um I'll
0: just r- drink
2: <laughs> but we went to New Zealand and um we and we're on a boat trip. And that day, the waves were really uh, strong. So I was uh, throwing, to the, uh, throwing to the ground and hit uh, the seat very badly. Wow. And I couldn't move at all. So I was wow. lying down. On the very ground. intense pain. Yeah, really yeah. bad. And I, I felt that I was uh, passing out. So I l- lied down on the on the ground. And the jay came to me. He had nothing to help me, but suddenly he realized that he interviewed you and he um, learned a little bit about uh, <laughs> quantum touch healing. So he used uh, the very little knowledge of quantum touch healing and do the healing for me. After about maybe three minutes, I could stand up, uh, stand up without any problem, without any pain, and there was no bruise at all. No
0: bruise. And this was a really mighty wake. Really, it damaged part of the boat, but
2: yeah, know. it was really bad. I couldn't move. I was, I, I really felt that's one of the worst uh, incidents I had. So, well, that
1: that will wake you up into being curious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And in you know hell, sometimes Richard, life's events seem to push you in a certain direction. Well, we are more than just a little bit gently nudge, we're thrown in this direction of... Oh, yeah. You know,
1: this is a very common story that somebody has this life-changing experience they cannot deny. And then from that, it propels them to a different direction of growth. And this is, this is actually not an accident. This is what I call dark miracles because... It's the most common story you've ever heard. If I hadn't had this tragedy, I never would have become the person I am today. But I have developed another system I don't think I'd mentioned to you, it's called self-created health. And what it does is it helps people to discover the emotional causes of the condition that they're dealing with. And it's very easy to find it, but we don't paint by numbers. We don't say, well, shoulder means this and ear means that, we don't do that. We use very simple interrogative questions where a person reveals everything about the condition in from a very subjective point of view. And then when you turn the questions around, it becomes completely clear what the emotional issue was. And then you realize that weird spider bite that caused this incredible inflammation and pain and was a perfect mirror of emotions you didn't want to feel. It was not an accident that that spider bit you there. It was part of this spectacular, unfathomable synchronicity of reality. Then when people release those emotions, only then are they ready to start taking responsibility. That, yeah, they did it to me, but I've been carrying that around ever since. I've been doing it to myself and to people that I love. Only when they get to that level, Of self awareness and self honesty and even self love, are they able to then forgive themselves? But there's no self forgiveness until you know what and why, and you've actually released the emotions. Because you can say, Oh, I forgive, and you can use your mantras and say, I forgive, I forgive. But if you don't, if you haven't released the rage, the pain, the anger, the hurt, the shame, whatever vibration is deep inside that's underlining that then the flame has not been uh, the pop this boiling has not been taken off the flame you've got to do those process work and then when the self-forgiveness hits which is toward the last step it turns into an overwhelming self-love that is not containable and the body has the ability to be sick not as a dysfunction but a communication so one of the communications is oh you want to learn about energy healing so let's have this crazy pain accident or experience and then somebody comes along does their little magic the quantum touch i like to call it um <laughs> and then you see the miracle
0: right.
1: and but the healer is the one who is sick and got well that's what we like to say that the definition of a healer is someone who was sick and got well and a great healer is someone very sick who got well quickly because it is your own body that heals itself. No one can do the healing for you. They can hold the energy for your body to utilize that energy for its own self-healing. But no one can actually heal your own cells. Your cells are a self-healing mechanism. So that's that's an overview.
0: We want, we want to share something with you, Richard. We haven't we haven't told you, or um, many people, only, only if you select friends, of something that very, very um, surprising happened during our first interview. You did not pick it up. I did not pick it up. Yeah. When we had ordered the books and you were reviewing that yes. interview to learn more.
2: After that incident, accident, I... Yeah came back to China and I got, got all of your books and I started to uh, watch that video and I shocked myself when I noticed that.
0: Now I want you, I'm going to share my screen, Richard. I okay. want you to look at the very, listen very carefully to the very end of the tape when we're discussing how love does not change over distance. Your love could right. be a million miles away. It makes no difference. It doesn't reduce the love. But you listen to the very end of that, uh, of that video. So here we go. Okay. Can you see my screen? Yeah, I see the screen. Okay. How is it necessary to be with the person to direct energy towards them, healing energy? Let me ask you a question: yes if you love somebody
1: and they're five thousand miles away, can you still love them? Yes 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 you love them any less no. no 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 not at
0: all now did you hear echo repeating also no no at the end yeah i did now did you hear that during the interview i don't remember no i i i didn't i would definitely have heard that now you may know that in the first interview i asked a copy of your video and you sent it from your computer I hear that audio on my computer, original video recording. Yeah. Also on your local copy, so we have got echo repeating. No, no.
2: And I was not in that room.
0: Well, you say this part of the story.
2: Yeah, uh, Richard, I think you are the person who knows that only Jay was in that room that day, and I was yeah. um, showing showing my parents around in Beijing. So you asked the question whether love will be affected over distance. Yeah. The, the, and so this video was, actually proved it.
0: Proves it because Echo's voice, her spirit, is saying over every all of us, no, no. That is undeniably Echo's her voice.
2: Yeah, I, I always <laughs> hate to myself on the on the video. So I yeah. never listened to my own video. But when I was listening to your video and heard my voice.
0: I was shocked. So you it's not very often that you get um, po- proof positive. I'll just play it one more time. For people. Is it necessary to be with the person to direct energy towards them, healing energy? Let me ask you a
1: question. Yes. If you love somebody and they're 5,000 miles away, can you still love them?
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. Do you love them any less?
0: No, no. No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> How- and so that's Listen, it. This is- so, oops. Stop share. So now we have on a video recording, absolute proof that the soul, the spirit is everywhere. And so I, I cannot get away with anything without, <laughs> knowing I what I'm doing, <laughs> we were discussing her and we were saying, you know, she, you know, the love does not change. And she was agreeing with us and she was what, 20 kilometers away, 15 kilometers away, or yeah, at
2: least, at least.
0: Nice.
1: Well, there you go. <laughs> the, world is, the world is more mysterious than we know or we the, can know.
0: Oh, the world is absolutely, absolutely more mysterious than we can possibly ever, ever come to comprehend or imagine. So, um, we, um, as you could imagine, after discovering this. Got you know even more interested in the work that you're doing and what you're talking about. Yeah, decided, decided to jump feet first. So we've got a few questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when Echo first hurt herself on the boat, um, I didn't do things in accordance to the your um, normal method because I had we hadn't received your books yet, and so. Um, I was just, I had the basic idea of energy flowing through my arms down to the fingertips to, yeah, that works. to yeah. her, but I wasn't imagining the, the energy coming, flowing from my feet. I was imagining the energy flowing from above. It all works.
1: It all works. There's ways of amplifying it. There's ways of making it stronger. But when your heart is into it and your desire is into it, all techniques work they all they all work you see everybody wants to be special and say oh i've got the one i've got the 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 piece of magic that's special but the bottom line is i have heard this story so many times another story i've heard a lot of times and the story is somebody was really hurt somebody was in a bad situation somebody else wanted to help but they don't know how to do it yes and and they're inspired which is part of the whole process yes And they feel their love and their inspiration and they just want to do something so they they make up some technique and then it works and then maybe next time it didn't work because they weren't so inspired i understand now if you know how to do the breathing and body awareness exercises you don't have to be that inspired to actually be able to cause these miraculous healing events okay but when you happen to be in that space, you say, okay, I'll match the energy coming in and doing this. Yeah, it'll work. It all works because the healing is a function of en- of resonance and entrainment. That means when two things are vibrating at different frequencies, there is a tendency for them to match up. So either the low frequency will match the high one, the high man- matches the low one, or they meet in the middle. Uh, a lot of people who are... Uh, psychotherapists or dentists or massage people get drained on a regular basis the suicide rate among dentists is terrible because they don't know how to protect themselves energetically because nobody wants to see them and they put everybody in pain it's like they scare everybody so they're picking up this energy from other people and the massage people tend to feel drained and a lot of body workers and psychotherapists listening to the people's problems all day, they're all getting drained because they don't know how to lift their vibration to a higher resonance and then become the dominant resonance. So in quantum touch, we use breathing and body awareness to raise our vibration higher and higher and higher as you well know now, but you lift your energy and then the other person in your field their energy starts coming up and their body does its own self-healing and you keep lifting yourself throughout the session and they keep coming up and then the, the miracles happen
0: okay so um, how, how important is it to actually draw energy from your surroundings or from the earth well it's,
1: it's a process of self-grounding if you bring the energy up from your feet to the top of your head. And, and, and there's ways of doing it in waves and there's different kinds of breathing techniques that you can use to amplify it. But we find it to be an extremely effective technique, but it's not the only technique. It's like um, quantum touch actually works with all modalities. It doesn't say we're the only one or we're the best, we're special. No, it's, it's basic human knowledge that we're, fun- that we're working with and so people use it with acupressure, acupuncture, they use it with qigong or, or any other modality because it's an adding system, not a subtracting system.
0: Right, right. Um, there must be some people that go through the motions, go through the breathing and the, the, um, the touch points, but they still can't actually feel the energy flow. That's true. Would that yeah. still work?
1: It's, it's irrelevant okay because they're still doing it i remember one fellow used to come to my lectures all the time and he'd help out i i when i used to give lectures i'd have two or three five people in the back of the room giving three minutes or five minutes every single person in the audience because talk is cheap you anybody can make up stories and tell wonderful tales but it's only through their own experiences that i would get between like 30 and 110 percent Coming back to the workshop so maybe I have 50 people coming to the lecture and I get 60 people at the workshop because they bring <laughs> their friends because they have experiences directly and one guy coming back to this um, lecture over and over again he said I can't feel the energy at all
0: right right
1: but over time his body woke up to the physical sensations another friend of mine was from New York, he said, I don't feel anything. And then, uh, well, he kept practicing, then all of a sudden, one day he goes, okay, I feel it now. And it's like, your body develops the kinesthetic awareness over time, and it's irrelevant, because, well, they can still love. Even if they can't feel, their okay, so I do this exercise, everybody at home or watching this can, can do this too. And can you feel your finger without touching it? Can you feel the skin? Can you feel the blood pulsing through the finger? Does your finger begin to vibrate, to pulse, to tingle? Do you feel heat or cool? Can you increase the sensation by bringing more of your awareness and your breath into your finger? And that's it. That is the kinesthetic awareness that we use in quantum touch, except we do that through the whole body. And then over time you get to be better and better at it You can bring it through the organs glands and systems of your body You can feel it everywhere and then you can bring that feeling and project it and That's part of the distant healing work,
0: right? You had a question about blockages, didn't you?
2: Yeah Um, In Chinese traditional medicine um, Blockages can cause illness illnesses. Yes, so if my body is blocked can I still heal others?
1: Of course. Because you're not blocked the same way they are. Okay. And so I remember one woman in class, she was a great grandma, she's very old, and she was working on this young man who was training for the Olympics. Well, her energy, so to speak, is is sort of low because she's kind of getting to the end of her time and he's just coming into his prime and so he had a sprained ankle and she's working on the ankle and of course it just heals because he, even though he's holding a very high vibration energetically all the time he's not doing it in the ankle and the and that we're all holding various vibrations of love now love is a non-physical force in the universe it doesn't exist in it exists outside of time because you could love somebody in in the past you can love somebody across time and it doesn't exist in a specific time and it can't be measured with modern equipment it's not electromagnetic as some people like to say oh is either your aura is an electromagnetic field that's horseshit it's not what's true what's true is that the love is our connection to our spirituality. And we are eternal consciousness beings that that go on forever, and that love is not measurable, and therefore the scientists don't want to believe that it actually exists as a force. And that life force energy, which is the prana, the chi, the ki, whatever word we're using to, I call it life force, that fundamental energy. Is what's doing the healing so each of us have a bouquet of vibrations of love that we put out that are unique to us each person loves differently than another one person may be very nurturing one may be very protective and so forth we all have our own ways of doing it but we all lack the ways that other people are doing it and then we're not doing so much and so when somebody gives when great-grandma gives energy to the, the kid's ankle the body receives it it's like oh water when you're thirsty
0: it's fantastic stuff right but would would the flow from her still be natural if her energy is blocked would it still flow to me? well
1: you see blocked is a relative term she's very blocked in many ways yes. but but the ways of giving love isn't blocked.
0: So you're not talking about a physical or energy? No, group. no, no.
1: Two people who are sick can give each other sessions and get better because yeah. they're raising their vibration in the process and they're giving that stimulation to each other. We don't see this as a problem. This is not a concern.
2: Right. But what if, sorry. Yeah, go for it. What if uh, two people have the same diseases? We, they- we
1: haven't seen that as a problem. um I mean here's my desire is that we get tens of millions of dollars for research because there's hundreds of questions like this that need to be answered we're putting out a book soon Uh, I think it's gonna be like $2 on Amazon we're not gonna really try to make money on it we just want to get it the wide distribution and it's maybe 500 or a thousand stories that people have told us like you could write up your story and we'll add it to the book because we're gonna keep adding to the book and I wish you would write the story up and send it to our office at quantum touch and and then we'll, we'll put it in the book because we just kick everybody's story we keep adding to it we have them all organized so people can do a search and say well how does it work on Parkinson's how does it work on arthritis how does it work on this and that and we can't advertise specific conditions but we can share anecdotes, right. and you know we have hundreds and hundreds of beautiful, extraordinary anecdotes. That some of them are so, so insanely magical, as to defy imagination.
0: Right. Wow. Now you mentioned earlier about going to a dentist, and the dentist becoming sick or miss uh, a uh, Monsieur get becoming sick because the negative energies on the people that they're working with. Is it can it be dangerous for people that are applying quantum touch over a long period of time?
1: No. 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 Because the system is built now, you're in China and uh, you know
0: France now. <laughs> France, but but you've been in China. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And Qigong and acupuncture but qigong particularly the qigong masters will build their energy up very very high and then they give their energy to somebody and then they have to reload again yes not not the way it works with quantum touch i had a i was doing demonstrations one time and this and i given a big lecture and i was going to work on every single person who had come to the lecture i didn't have any helpers so i was there for like two or three hours doing sessions one after another just constantly. And this man would come by every half an hour and look at me and go. And then he'd walk away and come back another half an hour later. <laughs> as the line was getting smaller, finally, when we had about three people left in line, he said, You look tired before your talk. I said, Yeah. He said, You look energized now. I said, Yeah, I'm I'm actually getting stronger as I'm doing the work because I'm constantly lifting my vibration the whole time I'm working. I'm not draining myself, I'm actually gaining energy. The whole time I do this, I'm getting stronger as I'm working, and then I touch this woman and she just jumped because the energy got. That. You see, if you're going to see a quantum touch practitioner or any energy practitioner, there's a question you should ask before you set the appointment, and the question is, how do you feel after a long day of work? And if they say, I sacrifice myself to help others and I, I'm very tired, go go somewhere else. Don't make the appointment. But if they say, oh, I have so much energy, it's hard to go to sleep sometimes. Make your appointment the last on the day because their energy is going to get stronger and stronger throughout the day. So in quantum touch, because we're doing the breathing and body awareness, we're raising our vibration the whole time we're working. So you get stronger by the end of the session than you were at the beginning. You do not ever get drained. And so doing some... Basic quantum touch breathing and body awareness would protect the dentist, the massage practitioner, the psychotherapist, or other people working at the Department of Motor Vehicles or other places where everybody feels drained and de- mm. depleted. Mm. You lift your energy all the time and you are not drained or depleted.
2: Can I? Um, sure. You, you just mentioned the, the uh, Qigong masters uh, in yes. China. The, uh, when Jay asked this question, he asked, uh, um, "Will it be dangerous for the person who applies the healing for others long term?" Actually, there's another story. There's um, another version of story for the Chigo masters. Okay. Uh, they draw up the energy and yes,
1: and they store it uh,
2: for other people who have diseases, and the, those people get uh, well. So, um, and um, but. When they get old, when these Chigo masters get old, they get weak, and um, they get a lot of diseases. And also, people who he helped before got their diseases got back and got even worse.
0: What's the reason behind that?
2: There's um, um, there's a um, belief system in uh, the Buddhism believes that um, 85%, uh, only uh, 15% of the diseases were actually caused by um, the pollution in the air or the uh, pollution from the food. But uh, uh, the other 85% of um, diseases, the root cause is from the uh, spirits that people have heard um, in the past those spirits caused uh, the diseases. And when the qigong masters uh, draw energy, they got really strong. They, uh, they, the energy was really high and the spirits uh, were frightened and got, uh, left uh, the, the bodies of those people. But there will be one day that the qigong masters uh, got weak. That's the point uh, that the spirits can come back and uh, do the revenge. And not only to the qigong master, but also to those people all right
1: let's let's look at this for a minute this is really interesting stuff and it's really worth commenting on the I would not call them spirits I would reframe that I would say that because we are spiritual beings our love goes all the way to infinity but because we love so deeply the pain we feel is much deeper than anybody wants to know or experience. And so the wounding is so much deeper than we're willing to know. And then when we have these traumatic experiences emotionally, uh, it's like the circuits get fried on on a computer or a electrical device that's called trauma where you can't handle that much pain. So you go numb, you go unconscious. And then we continually act out the trauma, which is why young people find partners that are like their parents. Why we keep repeating our patterns over and over again because our higher self is intervening, wanting us to be healed. So we keep recreating the traumas over and over again. Energy healing is self-limited. It is not the final answer. And maybe they're right, 15% of the time, that will be all that they need. You fell down, you hurt yourself, you get the healing, you're, you're fine. And maybe part of it was, I wanted to know the stuff was real. And that was worth it to have that experience to wake up. But there's a deeper level. And I'm actually, I teach a class once a year and I'm gonna do it this next weekend. And I call it self-created health. To teach people how to find those emotional causes how to process and release those emotions, not only so symptoms go away, go away, but they never come back and people feel incredibly grateful for having had the condition. And it's not an evil spirit attacking me, it's the wounding. Hurt people hurt people. People who are wounded hurt each other all the time. And the more wounded they are, the more damage they're doing to other people. And then those wounded people hurt other people. It's the the cycle of child abuse and the untold story of the world, the untold history of the world is thousands of generations of child abuse. And this is why we have our insane leaders who are abused children who find their way into power. Oftentimes the psychopaths work their way to the top because they're the most ruthless and they'll get to the top. And then they take control. And we live in a world of such unfathomable pain, where people have not wanted to experience their emotions. And ironically, the entire psychotherapeutic community is suppressed emotionally, and they don't want to have to feel their emotions. And then you look at all these different systems. Uh, I'm not going to name them by name because I don't want to get people angry at me. But there's many different alternative methods of psychotherapy uh from just law of create you know law of attraction to everything else where people don't want to have to feel the intensity of that wounding they want to tap themselves or do something or put their attention somewhere else or pet the cat or whatever it is they don't want to have to feel the depth of what's inside there because it isn't spirits attacking it's my mom or my dad who harmed me in some profound way that i'm unwilling to experience and i must continually do that now the energy healing can cause a temporary relief it's taking the pot off the stove it's uh taking the lid off the pot rather and it stops the boiling temporarily but eventually that emotional situation comes back and it expresses itself over and over again I remember in Japan when I was teaching a workshop, and this man says, "I am Bushido. My family is Bushido. We do not feel our emotions." Hmm. Hundreds of years we were Bush- these are warriors, and I understood enough of Japan to know what Bushido was. And I thought for a moment, and I said, "I said, greatest courage is self-honesty." Because I know warriors value courage, right? And self-honesty is an act of courage. And then he realized that he wasn't being courageous if he didn't want to feel what was there. So he processed the emotions. And then he did the homework that I gave. (laughs) And he did something completely un-Japanese. He gave me a big hug. And he said, thank you. I have my soul back because he had shut down the parts of himself that were wounded and not, never to feel them, never have to go there, don't want to experience this, nothing to see here, folks. And he brought it back to life and he did the forgiveness process and he got through to the other side where there's this unfathomable, overwhelming love on the other side of self-forgiveness people don't even know it exists
2: maybe this is the book we uh, didn't get but this is so interesting it's so similar for uh, to what we are doing or what we recommend others to do when they try any healing techniques yes uh, we call it a confession well maybe it should be uh, forgiveness I think uh, the right name Well, it, it
1: goes you see the the deal is there are seven steps to the process and a lot of people figure out a few of the steps but they don't have them all in order. And what I did with Self-Created Health was to put them all in order. It took me 30 years, by the way, to put this system together, because I knew that it was missing. And I kept looking for it, but I finally found it. The first step is to know exactly what the emotional cause is. If you don't know the cause, you can't really do the other steps. It's absolutely dependent that you know why you have the condition. The second step is the release. But people doing gestalt therapy did lots of release, but they, they still have the pot still on the stove and it's still, the water is still boiling uh, next week. It's still, the pain is still there. The third step of the process is the insight. Yeah, they did it to me, but I'm continuing to do it to myself. Dad beat me up and I'm still beating myself up. That kind of insight. Once they have that insight, then it takes five or 10 minutes of what I'll call deep remorse, where you just sit with it and go, wow, I did this to me. And if you do that well for five or 10 minutes, it takes you to a place of what feels like you're unforgivable, unforgivability. And if you go through the unforgivability into a forgiveness process that I created, then it turns into explosive, overwhelming self-love. And it's beyond self-love, it's love of higher self, God, goddess, all that is, infinite wow. It goes way, way, way beyond all that into the unfathomable places of spirit and being. And then you realize, It was a gift that that arthritis or Parkinson's or whatever the name of the condition is, was a gift, a horrible gift if you don't know why. And then I've come up with a new name for it, I call them dark miracles. That the miracle is that your body, mind, spiritual intelligence was able to give you a perfect mirror of emotions you didn't want to experience in order to lead you back to that place where you could have that deeper healing. And so the quantum touch is spectacular. The self-created health work is the real gem. But when somebody's in pain, there's nothing better than than the quantum touch. And it's, And not everybody wants to be a practitioner. I'd say it's, it's kind of rare that people want to spend their life doing sessions, Hmm. but for six or 12 days out of the year, everybody wants to know quantum touch because it's that invaluable skill that you have when you need it. (laughs) When, when the child or the cat or the grandma or whoever it is, is suffering that you have that tool, that access to be able to, to
0: utilize it. Right, right. Um, well, we purchased your books and we read them from cover to cover in chronological order. Okay, good. Um, in your book, Quantum Touch, The Power to Heal, you said it took a long time to heal, a long time to align the spines or the... Um, it can say, um, but then, in your book t- the one titled "Secret Nature the Secret Nature of Matter, yeah you're getting bucket loads of um, of trolls where there, re- there was instantaneous alignment Sometimes.
1: yeah well the the alignment that's instantaneous usually about a second or two um, that is only aligning the the hips. And the cranial bones it isn't like straightening out a scoliosis
0: i understand okay and
1: and that alignment is more exciting for me because of what it proves than what it does right so what it does is it helps a person's gait and about if a person's suffering from some neck or back pain a lot of times it'll help them but it's a permanent alignment now what excites me about it is that it violates the known laws of physics and it's visible it's demonstrable it's teachable it's highly robust it's repeatable it works 99% of the time and it blows people's minds so you know who Rupert Sheldrake is no he's a brilliant scientist who wrote a famous book see um, new 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 science of life and because he was a cambridge scientist and very successful and famous he got reviewed by science magazine and they called it a book truly worthy of burning (laughs) and he was so deeply attacked for his discoveries well i told him through emails, what I had discovered that I found a way that I could meditate and cause a spontaneous postural alignment that's visible. Well, he Rupert talked about 12 dog, 10 dogmas of science. And he's got a famous Ted talk that got banned because it was talking about non-material things. And the Ted people believe the only things that are real are things that you can measure. And you cannot measure love, as an example. And so he said that the belief that everything can be you know, weighed or measured or put into a formula is one of the dogmas of science. Another is that the mind is inside your head. It's confined to your brain, and therefore there's no such thing as psychic abilities or anything else. Another one is that energy healing isn't real. Another one is that modern medicine has all the answers, and none of the alternative stuff ever works. Those are four of the 10 dogmas that he covered. So there I am meeting Rupert and I measure his wife's hip. Her name is Jill. And Jill's right, actually it was her left hip in the front was about five or six inches higher than the other. I'd never seen anybody that far off. Mm. And I said, this isn't normal. Was there an accident or something? She said, yeah, I had some fractured vertebra years ago. Mm -hmm. And Rupert was on one knee measuring her hips saying oh my this is very far off Mm -hmm. you got a really clear measurement and I said something outlandish I said Rupert I only expect this to go back two-thirds of the way in the next 10 seconds because when something's so far off I don't think the body can correct it all the way so I meditated for about eight or ten seconds and uh, Rupert measured, and it went from about that about that far off down to about that far off. About it was at least two thirds the way back. Mm-hmm. And so Rupert measured. Oh, it's much better. And then she saw it work on him, and he saw it work on two other people. But it blew his mind so much that when I wrote to him and said, "What did you think?" He said, "I." the relationship between the 10 dogmas of science and what you showed me appears to be rather obscure and I don't think this would be of interest to other scientists because he had been so beat up by the scientific community he didn't want to take on anything else Mm -hmm. that would cause more attacks on him Uh, he had had enough He'd, he'd been through enough at this point but the bottom line is there is something called the double slit experiment in physics, right? And the double slit experiment opened the door to quantum physics. They shine, uh, they they send a a photon or an electron through a single slit and it makes like a a little bullet hole on the film behind the single slit. But When you have two slits, it creates a wave and interference pattern. But if there's an observer, it turns into a single point again. So if you put a camera in the room or a person watching the experiment, it, it collapses the wave. And it, this is the great mystery in quantum physics that no one can begin to talk, to understand deeply. So the double slit experiment in itself doesn't have any practical value. Maybe it does. Maybe somebody figured out something to do with it, but essentially it's just showing us how nature works. Well, my... spontaneous postural alignment, SPA, doesn't, yeah, it does have some practical value. You know, some people, you know, takes their neck or back pain away. But the thing that excites me is that it demonstrates that we're spiritual beings. It demonstrates that our love has impact. It demonstrates the mind is not confined to the brain. And I probably came up with about 35 or 40 different implications of what all this means in my Secret Nature of Matter book. And in the process, I discovered that you could put that consciousness into any physical object, glass, plastic, rubber, paper, pebbles, you name it, all matter is equally able to hold energy and intention. So we created our quantum touch pendant. (laughs) And this could have been made out of old cigarette butts for all that it mattered, but I wanted to make it attractive. And so people have been adding their energy to the collective. But the cool thing about this, one of the cool things I should say, is that if you hand it to an untrained person and they have the intention of causing alignment and they touch somebody's ear or their nose or their shoulder or a hair with the intention of causing the alignment, it immediately causes that untwisting of the hips and the cranial bones. And you can only do it once. Because once the person has had it done, they're already aligned, and I can test them 10 years later, and they're still holding the alignment.
0: Well, wow, that's amazing.
2: Can't can still uh, do healing with um without I mean can't still do healing without the intent.
1: Uh, actually you wouldn't because why would you have your hands there if you didn't have any intent?
2: But um you already entangled all of the the pendants. Yes. Right? I entangled
1: them all. Yes.
2: And you and other instructors have already imprinted the healing energy into the pendant. Yes. So when someone gets the uh, pendant, does the pendant uh, send the healing energy to them?
1: Pendant doesn't do anything. It's you, with your intention, aligning with the information in the pendant that does the work. You see, I could I could put the pendant around a cat's neck and it doesn't do anything. But if the owner of the cat is joining the cat with the pendant with intention, then it does something. So objects in and of themselves don't really have any obvious intention.
2: So it's the actually the person who hands the pendant to the one plays a very uh, important role in essential
1: essential and so we don't even know what this pendant is Mm. because it's a new technology and so I found out in my like I ran 57 58 experiments in my secret nature of matter book Mm. and I'd have run hundreds more if I had been in a university and I had access to more people to to experiment on Mm. but the bottom line was that I could put multiple intentions into a single object and they didn't get diluted. They're all still there. So people have put their gifts and their special talents or special abilities into the pendant, but we haven't really worked out a good way of receiving them yet. So we're in the earliest stages of understanding this technology. But I be, I'm beginning to think that well, a few things. One is that the pendant is actually maybe the world's first entangled talisman. So it's a group talisman that everybody can add their energy into. Another thing is that it might be an intention amplifier. And this is new. I haven't written this down yet. But I put the intention in to cause the alignment and then intention is there. And then if somebody else taps in on that intention, then they can amplify that into themselves. So for instance, um, I've been playing with this where I'll take the pendant and, you know, tapping your thymus is always good. So it's kind of a ritual. It doesn't really have to be that I could be touching my nose for all that mattered or, you know, put it anywhere. But if I tap myself and say, all right, what is the energy and essence of patience? And I'm kind of like, letting myself receive that vibration. What's the energy and essence of deeper self-love? What's the energy and essence of courage or wisdom or whatever, or or a photographic memory or whatever you want? We don't know what this is yet, but because we now have over 5,000 people who are adding their specialness, that bouquet of love qualities into the pendant mm. and uh, we don't have any easy way of testing this out yet mm. so we're I you know that's why I, I talked to this one fellow uh, yes a couple days ago who's working on a billion dollar project to create a non GMO corn in the world and he's got some other big projects too and one of the things he does is he won't take on a project unless all the partners agree that some of the money will be utilized toward beneficial things in the world and one of the things that I want to see and it's now part of his vision for a beneficial thing in the world is to see tens of millions of dollars go to study life force energy quantum touch pendants secret nature of matter these are all Um, paradigm changing solutions that the world has not looked at or examined or considered to be possible and therefore they won't they won't go there they don't look at them I was watching a video and um, this guy on Joe Rogan's show said if you can't measure it it isn't real oh how interesting that's quite an assumption that 200 years ago there's a lot of things they couldn't measure like electricity or magnetism or or brain waves or thousands of things they couldn't measure but we know they're real just because you you don't get that channel on your television doesn't mean that channel doesn't exist and it's a very limited perspective on reality
2: i'm, I'm still um a little bit hesitant you know i'm um uh, I really want to get uh, some pendants for my parents. but uh, Thinking that uh, all these pendants are entangled. And what if someone imprints some negative energy? Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm sure somebody has. I'm sure people have put tremendous self-pity into the pendants. Now, what do you want from the pendant? Oh, what's the energy of self-pity? I want to experience it. No, you want it. <laughs> I, I want to feel... I want to hate myself that's what I want yeah. to do today yeah. so, so what's the intention the intention is healing
2: okay
1: so member resonance and entrainment always functions and it always tends to move to the higher vibration so what's the intention the intention is I want healing I want love I want well-being And sure, somebody's put some terrible stuff in the pendants, there's no doubt about it. Mm. But what are you extracting? You don't really want the terrible stuff. You want all the good stuff.
2: So it's like a sea of uh, all different energy put into it. It depends totally on what energy you draw out of it.
1: Consider this. Conscious people who are buying the pendant who the first thing they do with their pendant is to try to access their deepest love and gratitude and put it in the pendant. That's the very first thing they do with it. And then they're feeling other people's love and gratitude by connecting to the pendant. And yeah, someday they're wearing it and they're feeling really bad, but they're not focusing their bad feeling into the pendant. They're actually using the pendant to try to feel better. So the pendant is not a harbinger of, of nasty spirits who want to punish you for your karma for a hundred lifetimes ago Mm. no the the thing is is like a beacon for love and gratitude and joy and when people get out of their own way they'll discover that we live in the most miraculous universe Mm.
0: okay very interesting Mm. But what if someone intentionally and you know because the penance are all um, yeah. entangled? What if someone intentionally yeah. wants to cause trouble?
2: There may be someone.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, let's assume that there is hundreds of them.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. the, I wasn't the that far, but um, <laughs>
1: well, you know, one out of every hundred, or a couple out of every hundred person, is a psychopath or a sociopath. Mm. People are messed up. There's a lot of be- there's a lot of people in the world who are not out for love Mm -hmm. just the way the world works and only a very tiny fraction of people in the world are dedicated to their own personal growth it's a very sad thing to realize but it's it's not the majority it's a very small minority that are completely dedicated to their spiritual growth Mm. but the the pendant is only operating off the intent of the person who has the pendant so if the, if the person really wants to suffer and feel terrible, I'm sure they, they can do it without the pendant. They, they can do it independently. But <laughs> if you focus your awareness on what you want and tap yourself with your pendant, and, and the tapping is unnecessary. It's just a ritual for accessing that intent. Okay. You could do it without the tapping, but it's kind—it's of, a nice physical ritual, and doesn't have to be like special places or anything. You just touch yourself with it. Okay, this is what I want to do, and it's a thought amplification device. So my friend, who's working on these very large deals, is hoping to help my dream come true of having tens of millions of dollars. To hey Enzo, there's a boy. Yeah, he's a big boy i um, having tens of millions of dollars to actually do the research and the dissemination so the world can realize that this may be the biggest shift of consciousness in human history because the idea that the earth is round yeah some people don't even believe it today the idea that uh, you know the the big the big shifts of consciousness that have happened over time realizing uh, that the blood flows through the body that there's Germs, you know germ theory was met with tremendous resistance when it came out Mm. every big change hits a resistance point but to realize that your love is actually a real force that can change the outer reality and that we're clearly spiritual beings and 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 we don't even know our true identity, this would be the biggest shift in human consciousness ever. And this would be very exciting to happen. So um, I'm very enthusiastic and excited to see the evolution of consciousness take place. But because of the structure of universities, I've written hundreds of letters and I just get ignored by the scientists Wouldn't you like to see something that's outside the box? How would you you like to see an undocumented human ability that's robust and I can teach the undergrads and they can immediately pick it up and do it? No. No, we don't want to see this. Go away. You're bothering me. (laughs) Emails.
0: Gosh, gosh. Because it's too far outside the box for them. Yes. Oh, I'd say it'd be too far out of the box for most people, but when they open their minds and uh, start thinking, yeah, it's not impossible to sort of, it's still a quantum leap. Now, in your book, the secret nature of matter, and you do, you, you describe charging objects with positive intent. Yes. And families are bonded. They're linked energetically. To each other. So if someone is aligned by an object which has been charged with positive intent, or their brothers and sisters or parents or children, would they also benefit? Is the link? Everything, everything
1: benefits from positive intent. Everybody benefits from positive intent. So when you think about people who have touched you most deeply, what was their intent? Of course, you're benefited by their positive intent. Think of a teacher, who really cared about the subject, who really wanted to see people learn, who made the thing, the thing you thought was boring, really interesting. Because everything is interesting if you dive deeply enough into it. So it's only the burned-out, broken people who become teachers who can make something boring. Because learning is the most exciting thing anybody can do. Practically, it's one of the most exciting things in life, and and the students are bored out of their mind because they're trying to memorize bullshit that doesn't have any impact on them. So what's the story? The story is positive intent precedes all action of positivity. You have to have positive intent. Nobody's doing healing without positive intent. It isn't healing at that point. It comes naturally. And you don't question your intent, you don't say, am i walking through the door properly no you just have the decision to go through the door you go through the door you don't say am i still intending to go through the door no you put your hands on the person to do healing because you wanted to do healing Mm -hmm. you don't question yourself along the way and so of course positive intent precedes all healing
2: what if uh what if you uh help me get aligned help my also pretend the hips get yeah. aligned using your uh, yeah. charge the coin well my yeah. parents also get aligned because they are entangled no. with me
1: no, not that entangled <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it's not that 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 strong mm-hmm.
0: okay. And, okay.
1: and you I don't work without people's permission either and if it worked that way that you're describing I've already done many thousands of people and I've taught thousands of people who've worked on tens of thousands of more people, but the whole world is not aligned because if it was it all just through osmosis, everybody would already be aligned and they're not because it really takes a focused intent to cause this to happen. So and, and it's not, it's not a byproduct. It's a focused intent that causes it to work.
0: Okay. Now we've got a complaint to make with, with okay with um, your book, The Secret Nature of Matter. The complaint, oh, the complaint is this. The last two chapters.
2: Yes, you talk about the uh, spirituality and... Um,
0: we, we, those two two chapters, we couldn't put the book down yeah. during the reading of it. The complaint is, those two chapters should be at the front. They should be the first two chapters and not at the back yeah. as in an epic. You, you may be right.
1: You know, it gets better and better toward the end. I don't like to end a book with a whimper. I want to end it with a bang.
0: <laughs> well, there was more of a bang. Than that is when you opened up You opened up more in what you, what you truly believe. And you thought, well, you, to yeah. us it was like, well, I'm just going to throw the message out there. If people are uh, willing to accept what I've got to say good, if not, then it doesn't matter. I'm putting it out anyway. And you kind of put it out quite raw. And it really surprised us. It really surprised us. Now, we've got a, we've got a, a question which really, we, 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 we had difficulty sort of it, wrapping our minds around, where you discussed the healing of yourself in your childhood. Yeah. Now, the question is, um, did you heal yourself while you were a boy, or were you, did you heal yourself as you are now, Uh, as I am now. Yeah. So did you effectively change history? Yes.
1: Can't prove it, but it's true. Uh, In my quantum touch book, I touched upon this lightly. I thought, you know, nobody gets held enough as a child, unless they're in one of these really primitive cultures that they never put the child down. (laughs) And um, primitive, they're the advanced cultures. Well, they they are more advanced in some ways. Yes. And, but um, Tom Robbins points out they don't use puns, and so uh, he thinks that, he thinks the the best human would be one that has access to uh, the kind of intelligence that we have, but it still has the primitive intelligence mm. too. So mm. you become this really full person. Where anyway, that's another story. But <laughs> I was doing meditation where. I thought, what would happen if I meditate and I hold the infant Richard in my arms and I run energy into the past. And I had a bizarre experience. It happened about three or four seconds after I started running the energy. I felt every vertebra in my spine go brr and they all rippled in a way I've never felt before or after from bottom of my spine to the top of my spine. And I felt like I almost lost consciousness for about one second. Like, a, like just kind of almost blacked out for a, for a split second. And I thought, am I in the same reality? Has something shifted? You see, if you actually shifted from one reality to another, you wouldn't know it because, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an example of that. Have you ever noticed that you're kind of going to sleep and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a dream and you know exactly where you are in the dream. The whole storyline has been going on for maybe an hour or two in that dream and you just walked into that, part. you walked into the movie theater and you're right in the middle of that story. Well, if you actually stepped into a different reality, you would be in that reality and you wouldn't remember you came from a different reality. So that's, that's a, a transcendence. Where you don't even remember that the other reality even existed, and I suspect I might have done a transcendent experience then, because I kind of blacked out, and I wouldn't remember that, you know, I was, you know, in the winter in a cabin before I meditated, and afterwards I was in my in my house in Santa Cruz, you know, I I didn't, it was fascinating, but again. The world is far more mysterious than we understand or know.
0: Now, um, that story also brought about a really good question that we sort of came up with. We were quite proud of it, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you did this for yourself. Yeah. Can you do this this for other people? Of course. To really go back into their childhood.
1: Well, the thing is, is that (coughs) you will be blocked at a certain point because their higher self is only willing to accept changes that are in their best interest and if a person needs to go through look you put yourself into a childhood and you had a father that did this and a mother that did that that harmed you exactly the way your growth path needed and if I was to meditate and take it all away from you that would be a form of rape because you went through all the trouble of having that horrendous childhood or difficult childhood or whatever it was in order to have these desires and motivations and, and woundings that could be healed and then be transformed. And to take that away from you, that would be a horrible thing to do.
0: Mm.
1: And so, um, it's, it's not intended for that use. Although it wouldn't hurt to give somebody, you know, somebody had been in a war zone and had been traumatized and to go back and, and do whatever healing you can do and then let them do their own process work because even that, that uh, trauma in war is part of a growth path, however traumatic and horrendous it might be. Right. It's part of their growth and their choice of what growth looks like.
0: Hmm. Do you have any other questions?
2: I think he has answered all of my questions.
0: Oh, I, uh, I, I've got a confession, actually. I've actually enjoyed this one even more than the last one. I thought the last one would be hard to top. But uh, now we've come from a point of view of um, we've, got, we've got a bit of knowledge, a lot of knowledge, actually, of what you've done in the past and what you've achieved. And so, the questions that we've asked now are more probably appropriate to <laughs> for the subject. Well, it's,
1: it's all part of the growth process <clears throat> that we're going through. So we just need to to do this stuff. And not, I was going to point out one other thing I want to mention. I came up with a course called. Um, um, it, it's the art of youthing how to slow stop and potentially reverse aging mm. seems like a useful product you know process <laughs> it and um, it's it's a continuing process where and this is something everybody can do at home right now you make one decision every week and I talk about this process in about 50 different things that people can do or maybe actually a lot more than that uh, to make themselves healthier and slow the aging process. But here's something everybody can do immediately, and that is find one thing you're doing you don't think is really good for you and make a tiny decision like, okay, I'm, I no longer eat this kind of candy. That's it. This is one kind of candy. I'm no longer, for the rest of my life, I'm never going to have any more of that. That's done all. I'll do other stuff, maybe not not so good, but I'll never do that one thing again. And every week, you make a decision, I'm either gonna start doing something, I'll I'll, I'll park my car a little further away and walk a little further, or I'll just, whatever it is, a tiny thing, make a 2% decision every week to either stop doing something or start doing something, and by the end of the year, you're 100% different than you were before. And you continually, Improve the protocol. You continually improve what you're doing, and it just makes a huge difference in your life.
0: Well, 100% change in one year is not bad, is it? No.
1: And the next year another 100%. And the next year another 100%. And and so I'm I'm actually stronger than I've ever been in my life. My waist is two inches smaller than it was when I was in high school and college but I weigh three pounds more. Um, I'm 70 now, I have no joint pain. I find myself spontaneously running down the street if I feel like it. I don't feel limited physically. And uh, I'm on no medications whatsoever. And I'm just getting started in terms of making discoveries and realizing What is possible? So, you know, we're, we're all where we are and we can all keep getting better and better.
0: It's quite inspirational. Richard Gordon, it's been our pleasure to have you on, uh, for a second time. Thank you so much. And please thank our behalf in a special (laughs) way for also participating in our program.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This is great. And you ask really good questions too. Appreciate it very much.
0: (laughs) Have a great day. Hey, you too. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.